We get our Christmas tree. That's when we decorate the house. The Christmas music gets on the iPod. Um, and this year, man, I remember the day, be- oh, actually it was the day before Thanksgiving, and I was sitting there thinking, oh, man, I just have no desire whatsoever to do any of that. And it, it just, it didn't feel like Christmas at all to me. You guys do that? Is that some, what happens when you get older? I just, like, all of a sudden, it's like the Christmas feel just wasn't there. And what was interesting is uh, we forced ourselves to do it anyway. You know, we, we pulled all the stuff out of the garage, and we got the kids a little fake tree up, and they decorated it, and we did. We, and I tell you, I told Susie yesterday, the coolest thing is, I have been in the Christmas spirit all month long, and it's been awesome. So, so I'm really excited. Hey, let me share with you right now, uh, again, uh, if you don't know, Christmas Eve, which is this week, crazy as it is, on Thursday night, we are doing Christmas all together up at our original campus, up at 2100 South, 195 West. And so we're having services at 12, 2, 4, 6, and 8, okay? So we're going to have five services that whole day. And what we're asking you to do is there are tickets for those services out in the lobby. And you can go ahead and pick one of those up. They don't cost anything. You don't have to pay to go to church again. But uh, already, we've, uh, I think we're close already to maxing out the 4 o'clock service and with the tickets already. So that's why we do this, because um, lots of people choose the same service, and we need to make sure they get spread out a little bit. So if you could, today's your last chance, obviously, to grab any tickets if you wanna, uh, for the service that you want to go to, bring your friends or family, all that kind of stuff, okay? So make sure that you grab those. Um, I don't know if you can hear, understand the words of those song, to that song. It's called More Than Anything, and it starts off and it says, He came into the world. So there's Christmas, right? He came into the world with one desire, to lead us from our sin, to remove our failures, so we could meet with you and know ourselves as yours. Did you get that one? Um, as I say, that these are really touching words, you know, I'm just, uh, but then it goes on, it says, our future in your hands, our lives with purpose, sins now erased, our past behind us, never looking back. We know ourselves as yours. So let's give it all to the one whose life. And that was the chorus. Let's give it all to the one whose life. Because we're yours. We know ourselves as yours. That's when Jesus said this. He goes, guys, I want to make sure you understand what this is all about. Eternal life is when you really know God. It's when you know him and when you really know me. When you know yourself as mine. And so this fall... This whole 50-day adventure that we've been doing all fall long, what we've been trying to do is to help every single one of you know God intimately, to know him personally, to know Jesus Christ. Again, I say this all the time here, you guys, but it's so critical that we understand that it's not the key to life. is not knowing things about God. It's about knowing him personally. And what, uh, what we have found, what people all around the nation have found, and what has been true for 2,000 years, is that whenever people have gone on a journey where they know God personally and intimately, everything changes. The life that you were created to have, the life that is absolutely fulfilling, when Jesus says, I came to give you life to the full, the joy that's complete, the peace that passes understanding, the fruit of the Spirit, of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, all that flowing out of you, discovering what you're for, who you are uniquely made to be, and that when God rises up within you, 
Not only do you change, but then he starts to change the world around you. See, everything that we've done with this personal adventure is for you. It's so that you can go on the journey with God that you need to go on. And because we realize all of us are at different levels, all of us are wired different ways, we have different things that we're really good at, we have other things that we're not so much, it's not as good at, in our own spiritual journey with God. There are things where we go, man, I'm cranking with God at this, but I'm really weak in this area. And so if you have not, again, gone to our website ever and just gone on and clicked on the 50-day adventure and taken that assessment, I believe with all my heart, we spent almost a year trying to figure this whole thing out, we put that much time into it because we believe with all of our heart that if you can just discover where you're at in your relationship with God and then seriously, take seriously, just working on just one area of growing in Him, that a lot can change in your life. And I can't remember which speaker up there in the mix said it. But can you imagine? This was my vision. You know, we have probably about 1,500 people on a Sunday morning between all three locations, Red Box, White Box, and down here. Can you imagine if 1,500 people all moved deeply and spiritually in Christ? 1,500 people moving in sync with God. I'm telling you, it would make an impact. And that's what God wants to do in and through our lives. And so we've looked at everything. We've looked at the whole idea that we need to increase just in our knowledge. I know that some of you are really new. It's one of the things I love about our church is many of you are really new in your faith. And so some of you just go, man, I, and my adventure right now is I just got to get to know God better. So I need to increase my knowledge. Some of you grew up in church and you know tons of stuff, but you aren't necessarily involved in the practices that get it cranking in your life. And so some of you have said, man, that's the area i got to work on. i just, I got to start getting into the practices a little bit more so that I can engage with God on a daily basis. Some of you uh, come here on Sunday morning, but you haven't taken a next step of really connecting your life with somebody else here at K2 so, so that you can go on the journey together. And we just share over and over again that God designed all of us to be in this together. You can't, according to Ephesians 4, you can't experience the fullness of what God has for you alone. just won't happen. So we got to get connected. And some of you, that's your deal. It's like, man, that's my step. I, I, I need to take the risk of, of joining my life with somebody else. Then uh, for some of us, it's the serving component. It's like, you know what? I, I know stuff. I engage with God. But man, I, in my heart, whether it's at home or, or in your workplace or here at K2 or compassion out in the world, it's just some of us are just saying, I, I realize that's where I'm not like Jesus. I don't take what I've been given and necessarily give it away and and serve others with it. So we looked at that one. And then the last one was some of us really struggle with being able to share our faith. And we just go, man, I love God. I want to share with people, but I need to grow in just my effectiveness or knowing how to do it or whatever and actually sharing my faith. And so so today, this is the last week on this. This Now, let me make this clear. This is the last week in this series, but it is not the last week of your personal adventure. (laughs) This thing is going to go on until the day you die, okay? But we wanted to end it today by celebrating. We're going to celebrate the adventure today. And to do that, uh, I just wanted to uh, call up just a few people just to share with you a little bit of how their adventure has gone. Uh, would you uh, just welcome Amy Rose and um, Alan Eckstein and Penny Child to our stage? Thank you very much. Here you go. Yeah, you can just grab any. Here, here come on down here, Amy. I'll sneak around here so I can see you guys. Here you go. 
Hey, why don't you go ahead and turn that chair around a little bit so I can see your beautiful mug. <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, Amy, why don't you just start and kind of share with uh, everybody, first of all, why you decided to maybe take a, the assessment as well and what you found your area um, to, to grow in. And if you, was that surprising or not? <laughs> well, oh. is it on? Okay, sorry. Um, so I decided to take the personal adventure the first day, the test, the first day, because I knew if I didn't do it that first day, I uh, would have procrastinated it for another 49 days. <laughs> so I um, did it right away, and my sister did it, and I really wasn't surprised at my area that I had some opportunities in, and um, so I chose evangelism, and uh, it was... It was great, all the resources that K2 had available, you know, just different things, different books to connect with, different messages. And, and, um, and for me, personally, it was just a lot about opening my heart to whatever God had. Cool. Awesome. Penny, how about you? Well, I... Hold it close. I took it the first day as well, and um, pretty much was not surprised either that mine was evangelism as well. And I realized, for me, it was because outside of work and my church activities, and I would be home with my grandkids or my kids or, you know, and wasn't out and about. And so I realized I needed to get out there. And so one thing that I felt, you know, was important was to find something that I could do to maybe cover several of, you know, the things, being able to serve someone um, and uh, evangelize. And so... I got an accountability partner, and that's Terry Duncan, and the resources were awesome, and we picked a couple books. We met weekly. We, um, you know, discussed, you know, what we were learning in the books, and then we also decided to go to an assisted living home to just love on these people, and where they're, you know, some days are so, no, there's no hope for them, you know. It was just awesome what God kind of did there. And what was really the best part of it was that um, my daughter-in-law's mother works at this place who does not, you know, have God in her life. And we were able to pray with her the very first day that we mm. went. And that just made it so worth it. And it made me realize I have to get out there because the need is so great. Cool. Awesome. I didn't do it the first week. <laughs> I didn't even. Y'all do feel it. better now. I didn't even do it the second week, so hopefully there's still hope for everybody out there. No, a uh, couple of reasons why I did it. Uh, first of all, uh, I always like to know what the leadership of this church is investing in, and if they're investing in our lives and they think that there's something that's going to help us, I want to know what that is, because it gives me an opportunity then to dialogue with with these guys, as all of us should. But I think the uh, other part of it is, part of what I did as a living is uh, a process assessment. I was always going in and look at processes. And you tried to look and see what went wrong with them or what was going wrong. Well, I don't want to say that our, our faith is a process, but in some regards it is. And you need to know where you stand. And what I found was that my regular practices were, were way down. Uh, and how are you going to get to know the guy that you're going to serve unless you spend time with him. And so uh, that allowed me to really get back to a point where I needed to say, well, you know, I looked at it like my buddy Dave out here. If I want to learn something about carpentry, I go to my buddy Dave. If I had some medical issue I wanted to know about, I'd go to my friend Brian here. 
because he's a doctor. He's a great contractor. Well, if I want to know what Jesus Christ has for my life, well, how I can serve him, I need to get to know him. If you don't get to know him, well, you can get all the excuses you want in the whole wide world, but the real issue is what has he got for you? So it's a one-on-one thing. Awesome. So go ahead, ahead, Alan. And uh, so what were some of the uh, steps that you took in the practices area to kind of jump back in? Well, uh, boy, getting... uh, Getting the time set aside to read and study each morning. Um, you know, my wife is the one that really, I, I try to live up to a little bit what she does. I mean, every day, her prayer time, her time in the scripture, getting to know Jesus. So I just set that aside. If I have to get up a half an hour earlier than I, I normally would, I do that. Uh, I get some resources out that, that are on the web page, which are tremendous resources, and you just try to go through it very methodically, ask the Spirit to come in and, and, and help you get that as a regular practice. Because once you do that, then you can step forward, step forward, step forward. Because uh, there's one thing I think we all need to understand. A friend of mine used to say this, God doesn't have any grandchildren. He has only children. It's a one-on-one thing with him. So uh, if you're if you're trying to get forward by having somebody else do it for you. It isn't going to work. you got to make the commitment yourself. Cool. Awesome. So, uh, so you jump back into your regular time and stuff, and Penny, you guys got together, and you, you, you read a book, and then you also went and uh, went to the, the, the center there and loved on people. And what were some things that, that you did, Amy, to, with yours? Sure. I had a running partner, so she's really awesome. And uh, She must be down here. She's right here, yes. <laughs> and uh, she is great at holding me accountable. And uh, so she and I found a book um, for me to read, and she was doing something a little bit different, So, um, but it was good. We just checked in every week and, and touched base on where we were at. And um, just even listening to the messages every week about the other things building up to evangelism was so great because it gave me opportunities to talk to other people about it, like the serving thing um, for Thanksgiving. And what I found is that it gave me an opportunity just to talk to people about K2 and, and maybe why my heart was led to do that and, and all the great things that K2 gets involved in, you know, just or just opportunities just to start opening up the dialogue with somebody. And then I realized that if I wasn't engaging with God daily, that I, I didn't feel that prompting from him. And so it was just... It was so good just to know that each and every week that I could apply something that I had learned from one of the other things to the, the my personal 50-day adventure. Cool. And, uh, and then you share with you, what was the biggest surprise, though, as you started doing this, kind of praying about and focusing about evangelism? Uh, God will give you opportunities if you ask for them. <laughs> so, yes, definitely be careful what you ask for because God has presented so many opportunities for me, and it has been amazing because uh, I just knew in those moments that God wanted me to bring him into the conversation, and it was just very natural and very easy. And um, and so that was just a big part of it is just allowing God to do that work himself. Very cool. Awesome. Okay, so, and, and that actually came out in all three of your guys' story. The, the, the whole idea that uh, how intertwined they all were, you know, the, 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 and again, because we're really talking about growing in our knowledge of Christ, so he's all those things, so I, I just thought that was really interesting, that uh, you'll find that it isn't just a compartmentalized one thing that you, you do, 
they, they really interact with each other. And so, um, so if you guys, uh, in a closing comment for each one of you, just what was the, you know, we're talking about celebrating. Can you celebrate the fact that you did this 50-day adventure? And if so, why? Penny, well, go ahead. And if you can't, uh, pass the mic over to Hannah. Like <laughs> well, yeah, I can celebrate a lot because, uh, again, once you start developing that, that time and that relationship again, that it becomes important, everything in your life starts to change. Uh, how you react to people, how you talk to people, uh, how you pour into people's lives, how they pour into yours. I think the, the most awesome part of it is, is that you, you start to really get to be a little more understanding what Jesus has in store for us and what he wants us to do. Um, I guess my, my last comment would be um, he's really taught me he's not a vending machine. Uh, I guess I would look at it like this. If there's folks out here I've never met, they don't know them, came up to me and said, hey, I, I'm really struggling. I need to borrow $500. Uh, you know, that would be very difficult for me to give you that $500 because I don't know you. And how do I know what you're going to do with it and everything else? Well, at some point in time, everybody says, well, gee, I need something from Jesus, so I'm just going to ask him for it. And he's, he's got a part in the scriptures where he says, you know, I never knew you. Well, how do we get to know him if we don't spend time with him? So do a little bit every day. And I said the, the impact of that is going to be that you are going to change inside. I changed inside which makes everything around me change for the better. Cool. Awesome. Well, for me, I can really um, celebrate that, you know, it was by no accident that I was able to pray with, with my grandson's other grandmother. And for me, that is a huge celebration because he's not just learning about Jesus from me. Now she's asking questions. She has, we've had many conversations since then, and he's going to get it, and I know it. I know he's going to get it from both sides, and that's a huge celebration for awesome. me. Awesome. Very cool. How good, take it. Yeah, definitely, I, I just agree. It's just, it's so, it just changes you inside. Hmm. So that's what you've experienced. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, that's perfect. Will you guys give these guys a hand? You guys can have a say. Thanks so much for popping up here with me. So, and that is what, um, and that's the hope, you guys. Here's, here's what I know from 30-some years of doing this with Jesus. Is every time I take a step with him, just a step. There are times when I've had to leap, you know, but most of the time it's just a step. I do know this. I can learn all that I want to about God, but every time I take a step and actually apply it and move in my relationship with him, I know him more personally and intimately. And I think that's what Amy's saying, is it will start to change in here. So here's what I, here's what I want to uh, share with you today, and, and this is what I'm hoping you'll go home with today, is we need to learn how to, that, to celebrate every step that we take. Every one of them. See, because sometimes I think we, we think we need really big, huge, dramatic moments with God, and those are so far and few between. But we can celebrate every step, and every step you take is a celebration. Okay? Anybody in here right now with like a newborn baby? How, how many of you got? One, two, okay, awesome. Um, how many of you have a one year old? Anybody in here got a one year old? Oh, look at all the one year old parents. Awesome. 
How many of your kids right now are just figuring out how to walk? Anybody got that going on? Is that not the coolest thing in the world? Do you guys remember that? I mean, if you ever want to see a grown man look like a complete idiot, watch him watch his child take their first steps. It's awesome what we do. I mean, we will celebrate. I mean, we sit on the other side of the room, right? And we're, come on, you can do it. Come on, you can do it. We hold out our fingers to them. And when they, when they finally let go of those fingers and like, do that and fall, what do we do? Celebrate, man. We're like, this is the best thing in the world. We call everybody we know. We got the video camera out. Just because your baby took a step. Every step is a celebration. I mean, I, I want to tell you right now, you know, watching a, a, an Olympic video, right? I mean, did you see that guy before he ripped his hamstring? The strides that he had, the strength in his legs. I mean, it's, you watch a runner like that. It's, it's beauty, man. It's poetry in motion. That is so different than when your baby took its first step, you know, and fell down. But we celebrate every step. And some of you right now, you are so new in your faith. That's why I think God decided to use the terms. You're born again. You're an infant. You need spiritual milk. And you need to know that when you take your first steps with God, He celebrates everything everything you do. For some of you right now, the fact that you're sitting here today was a step. And God celebrates that. For some of you, you've joined or are thinking about you're going to join your first Life Together group. You're going to Take, that's a scary step to move out of maybe anonymity here where you can kind of come and go. And you're thinking about taking a step of, of getting in community. And it gets celebrated every step. I, mean, I, was, I was thinking about baseball. Baseball, it, it was really interesting to me. Because um, with baseball, you know what's interesting? If you're, on the, if you're uh, sitting there and your team is out in the field and the pitcher throws a strike, what happens? Most people go, yeah, you'll hear this rumbling through the crowd. All right, way to go, nice pitch. If you're on the batting team side and you're sitting there and the guy throws a ball, all right, yeah, good job. Every pitch in a baseball game gets celebrated, every one of them. And then you keep going on, and then if you're out in the field and the guy hits the fly ball and your outfielder catches it, what happens? Everybody in the stands goes, yeah, way to go. We celebrate the catch. If you're on the home team and your guy gets a hit, what do you do? We celebrate, way to go. And if it's a double, then we celebrate a little bit louder. If it's a triple, a little bit louder. If it's a home run, we stand on our feet and we scream. But why do we celebrate each hit and each out? Because what we really want to do is we want to celebrate every win. Right? When the game is over, what happens? Every win gets celebrated. You win 100 games in the year. The teams are going to go out. They're going to high-five each other. I know the Detroit Tigers, the guys in the outfield, they always run up and jump and hit each other, and they get two lines, and they all congratulate each other. You celebrate every win. 162 games a year. That's insane, actually. 162 games. And even if they win 100 of them, they're going to celebrate each one. But why do they celebrate games? Because what they really want to do is they want to make it to the World Series, Right? And then have the ultimate celebration of winning, get the ticker tape parade, have the whole city show up and celebrate. But you guys, every pitch leads to every hit, which leads to every win, yeah, which leads to a World Series championship. Every step gets celebrated. 
Now, here's what I want. I know a lot of you don't like baseball. Any of you don't like baseball? Okay, yeah. And I bet you any money, if I ask you why you don't like baseball, it's because it's boring. Is that right? Okay, it's boring. <laughs> because a lot of people, you watch baseball, and it's just like, man, give me some football. Give me some hits. Give me some action. You know, and baseball can be really boring. But if you know the game, it's not boring at all. When you know the insights of it, you, you, you see what was happening, and you celebrate that. So here's what I want to go. I'm going to share with us today why I think every step in our faith needs to be celebrated and how to do it. And I know earlier, just this fall, God was truly challenging me on this issue. Nelson, you don't celebrate enough. You don't celebrate enough. And we need to. And I'll share that with you why. So here we go. We're going to be in Philippians chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to Philippians chapter 1. And uh, we're going to start with verse 3. And I'm going to read through this, and then I'm going to pick it apart. It says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about you, all of you, since I have you in my heart. For whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. All right, so here's the first point, you guys. Let's celebrate (laughs) Let's celebrate. I, I just feel like that's what Paul's doing in the beginning. First thing he's celebrating is this. There's, there's four things he celebrates. Number one is he celebrates the people. He just man, he goes, I celebrate you. What does he do? He says a few things. In verse three, he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. So man, he's, he's looking at the people that he does this life with. And he goes, man, every time I remember you guys, I'm like, God, thank God. I love these guys. He celebrates the people. Verse seven, he says, it is right for me to feel this way about you since I have you in my heart. And I love that, because when I usually think of Paul, anybody who's ever read you know, much of the Bible, I always think of him kind of like the hard guy. <laughs> you know, Get out of my way, I'll do anything, and I don't really care kind of guy. Man, he is not that. He celebrates the people. He says, you are in my heart. And I love that when he says, it's right for me to feel this way. I celebrate you. I really celebrate you. The next thing, in verse 8, he says, and I long for you with the affection of Christ. So, so, so part of this, you guys, if we're going to go on the journey for the long haul, and if we're going to really experience it, one of the things that we've got to do is we've got to celebrate each other. <laughs> and I know, that, I know that that happens a lot in here. I, I really do see quite a bit of affection, actually, um, in our church, which I think is really cool. Now, in, in a church of 1,500, you don't know everybody, and you're, you can't be affectionate towards everybody. But I, I, I know that most of you who've been in a Life Together group and you've been in one for a while, you, you, there's affection that's going on. You think of those people, you remember them, and you thank God for them. It was so cool to watch Amy, you know, look down here and just go, man, just, there's my running partner, you know. It's just cool. We're, we're, we do that. So part of it is celebrate each other. Celebrate the people that God's put in your life. Let's do that. Let's not forget that, you know. Getting, I love getting the Christmas. Sorry I don't send any out, but thanks for the Christmas cards, you know. Thank, sticking everybody's face up on the fridge. And Tierney, thanks for that Christmas card. Celebrating your family. And, and, and uh, it's just, let's do that. Let's celebrate the people. All right? The second thing to celebrate, the guy, the, the, uh, that would be Paul, celebrates 
is God. I mean, he just celebrates him. He goes through this versary all the way to verse 11, and then in verse 11, he closes out the whole thing, and he says, to the glory and praise of God. So basically, everything I'm talking about here, he says, it's all to the glory and praise of God. I wanna, we want to celebrate him all the time. Because, man, it, it's about him. It's why we do what we do. So celebrate God. You know, it's so, I'm, I'm so grateful for my wife, you know, because um, she ha- she's into this Advent, you know. I don't know if you guys are doing Advent or not, but every Sunday night we pull out the, the, the wreath and the four candles and we light the candle of hope, you know, the, sh- the prophet's candle, and we sing a hymn together and we're talking with... Susie's just doing a really good job just saying, man, let's, let's make sure that we celebrate God this Christmas, you know. I, I, one of the hardest things for me is to actually get God into our holidays, even though they're supposed to be about him. You guys ever experienced that? You know, Thanksgiving is all about, you know, moaning and groaning while the lions play and then eating turkey. You know, instead of like thanking God. That's what this is for. Christmas. On Christmas morning, I want to urge you right now on Christmas morning to make sure that it's actually about Jesus. You know, that this is what we're celebrating. Easter. Celebrate him. Okay? Anyway, okay, celebrate God. The third thing he celebrates, and this is the one I think he's trying to get at here, is Paul celebrates the fact that the people he loves and the God that he just gives his whole life to are coming together. What Paul celebrates is when the people he loves and the God he loves and adores and worships come together. And when that happens... We need to celebrate. Look at this. Verse 5. He says, because of your partnership in the gospel. He goes, that's why I always, I always pray with joy. Because of your partnership in the gospel. What's he saying? It'd be like me, as, as your pastor, writing to you guys and just saying, man, you know why I pray with joy? is because you're a partner in the gospel. In other words, you know the gospel. You know the good news. You're partnered with it. You've received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Your sins have been wiped out completely. You've been filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can live a new life. And you're a partner in this thing. Not just with me, but with the gospel. In other words, Paul's celebrating with joy because you're getting it. You're actually connecting your life with God. And then in verse 7. He says, it's right for me to feel this way about you since I have you in my heart for whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. Why is he so excited? Yeah, I love you guys. I love God. But what I really love is that you're sharing in God's grace. You're getting it. We're saved by God's grace. You know how I define grace? I define grace as it's God's power to do what you can't do. It's God's power enabling you you to do what you can't do. You can't save yourself. You're never going to be able to do that. So God's grace comes and he saves you. But what's interesting, you guys, is when you read all the New Testament, the word grace is not only tied to being saved, it's tied to being able to live the life right now. We live it now by God's grace. And so Paul celebrates. He goes, man, I celebrate the fact that you're sharing in his grace you are experiencing God's enabling power, not just to save you from hell, but to help you live the life that he created you to live. And then in verse 10, he gets to some of these results of what happens when the people that he loves and the God he loves comes together. In verse 10, he says, I'm praying this so that you may be able to discern what is best 
Okay, one of the results is you'll be able to discern what is best. You're going to be able to know some things that you didn't know before. You're going to be able to be pure and blameless. Not the stuff and the sin that destroys us, but being set free from it. Pure and blameless before God. Being able to run the race, as we talked about earlier. Not entangled by sin or hindered by all these other things. Pure and blameless. And then you're going to be filled with the fruit of righteousness. And Paul says, man, I celebrate with you because when you who I love connect with the God that I love, you're going to be able to discern what is best, be pure and blameless, and you're going to be filled with the fruit of righteousness. Filled with it. And you guys, we just, we just need to celebrate that. And here's the fourth thing he celebrates. He celebrates the people. He celebrates God. He celebrates the people and God coming together. And then the last thing he celebrates in verse 6 and in verse 10 He says, and I'm celebrating all this because this is what you're going to do until the day of Christ. Verse 6, confident of this. He who began a good work and you'll carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Verse 10, I'm praying this so you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. What would the day of Christ be? Until the day of Christ. You know what the day of Christ is? It's the championship World Series celebration. (laughs) That's what it is. Season's over. You won! (laughs) The day of Christ, it is going to be the day when it's all done and you said, man, every pitch, every hit, every strikeout, every one of those 162 games, every step was worth it. Because then on the day of Christ, you're going to get in front of Jesus, it's going to be over, and you win. (laughs) And so Paul says, man, until that day, which is going to be great, I'm celebrating these little steps. I'm celebrating every step you take. I'm celebrating every time you engage with him, like, 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 like um, Alan, that would be his name. Like every time Alan said, every time you pull open the Bible, and every time you pray, every time you connect yourself with another person, every time you serve, every time you share anything about God with another person, every time Paul goes, man, I celebrate that. Because you and God together are going to change the world. Every game, every hit, every pitch, celebrate it. Because then when it's done, and we're all there in front of Christ, we're going to celebrate And you're going to know that every step you took here on earth was worth it. Every step you take right now is going to be worth it. All right? So, celebrate. Now, let's go to the second thing real quick. Paul says, and what do I celebrate? I just kind of gave it away. I've been giving it away because I want you to get this. (laughs) He celebrates every step. Okay, look at this. And, and, And why do you celebrate steps? Why? Because it's progress. Isn't that what it is? I mean, I, I, was, I was goofing around uh, earlier singing that. You guys remember that old song? Just put one foot in front of the other, and soon you'll be walking across the floor. Just put one foot in front of the other, and soon you'll be walking out the door. Right? Thanks, thanks, Jimmy. For, thanks. Uh, thanks for humoring me. But, you know, here's the point. So you're sitting here, whoops, green lines are saying the light. You're sitting here, and when you want to get out the door, what do you got to do? That's all saying. Just put one foot in front of other. You guys actually did that. I'm, uh, that's a, pretty meekly and timidly, but you did it. Thank you. 
All right, so here's the point, you guys. Every step is progress. Every step is progress. That's why we don't have to wait and celebrate when you're perfect. Because then we'd wait all your life. You celebrate each step. So look at what Paul says. These verses are so great. Verse 5, he goes, um, I'm praying for you with joy because of your partnership, partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. From the first day until now. What's that, what's that sharing with us? Paul's able to look back at these guys and go, man, I just want to tell you, I know on the first day you might have been like, woohoo, but you're still with me. And you guys, does the first day ever look like now? You know, you with little tiny babies, you know, and we just celebrated Ashlyn's eighth birthday, seventh birthday, sorry, her seventh birthday. She doesn't look the same as she did in that day. And we celebrated her as much, if not more. We just, you keep doing it. But you're hoping that from the first day until now, that there's a progress here that's going on. Verse 6, he goes on, he goes, Because I'm confident of this, that he who began a good work and you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. See, he began a work right here. Man, I found Christ. He's alive in me. I sense that he's really real. I put my faith in him. Awesome. Did you guys know that's just the beginning? He began a good work in you, and he's going to carry it on to completion. See, and this is the adventure. The adventure is every step that he asks you to take. It's just awesome. And he's going to carry it on to completion. It was so funny this morning. I'm up really early, and I'm working on my message, you know. And all of a sudden, this little box pops up on my, boom. The application word has closed unexpectedly. I'm like, um, great, those are my notes. You know, and, and, and so then all of a sudden, uh, it's gone. So I click it back up, and then what happens? Uh, some documents pop up, and it says, Recovered. And you're like, okay, good. Except two documents were recovered and the one with all my notes wasn't there. And then I'm like, this could be an interesting morning. But then I remembered, you know what? I saved that document. I saved that document. It was in my folder. So I went to my folder, click, click, pulled it up. There it was, because it's mine. Do you ever feel like in your spiritual journey, you close unexpectedly? <laughs> like all of a sudden, you're kind of going along and boop. It's like, I don't give a rip. I don't have any spiritual energy whatsoever. I don't want to obey. I don't want to love. I don't want to care. I don't want to go to church. I want to quit everything I'm involved in. I mean, just, you can close unexpectedly. And then some people get recovered. And then here's what I feel like that verse says. I want you to know right now, if you've received Christ, God is saying, you're mine. And I saved you. You're in my folder. And I will pull you up. You can run away as far as you want. Reverie the prodigal son, go ahead. Go for it. It's going to be hell, but go for it. Run as far as you want. But I'm going to finish my work. Just like I finished my work this morning. Because I saved that puppy. And God has saved you. And he will carry it on to completion. And so celebrate every step as he does that with you. Last one, verse 9. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more. See, it's more and more. This is awesome. I'm like this. So that's great. Celebrate that. More. Holy crow, I had no idea. And more. And more. More. 
your love should abound. You guys celebrate every step. And here's the results, you guys. And here's why we celebrate. You know what? Because when you're progressing, you celebrate progression. You really do. Again, Ashlyn's birthday was so awesome as we sat around the table and all of us just poured into her everything that we could see in her life about what we love about her, who she's becoming, how, how compassionate she is for people who don't seem to be loved. And she's the kid who wants to make sure that every kid has a friend. And she's the one that takes care of the little kids that nobody else wants. And she's, we celebrate that. We, I celebrate the fact that she's, ah, she's just a tiger too, man, on the soccer field. You can just see it. In fact, I go, I just love that when you do that. And she goes like this. And I go, yes, that's the face I love. Because, and she just gets it inside her. And we're celebrating Ashlyn's growth into becoming the girl into eventually the woman that she's supposed to be. And we celebrate it. Celebrate yours. And celebrate those around you. Here's the second thing, is when you're progressing and when you're walking, what does it do? Doesn't it motivate you? Like, I mean, you've been here like for five years. You really want to go to church again? You really want to read the Bible again? I mean, (laughs) I tell you what though, if you've been here, and now you're here, you're like, wow, man, I was, this is better than there. <laughs> and then this one scares you to death. And you step out and, oh, oh you know what you want? It, it motivates you. And here's the other thing it does, is it motivates others. How many of you in here have been motivated by watching somebody else grow? See, did you guys, see, we always think this is about me and my life. No, it's not. It is and it's not. When you grow with Christ, everybody around you can be motivated and you probably don't even know it. But people are watching you if you're a parent. For God's sake, literally, your kids are watching you. And you can motivate them with your growth. And here's the other thing that happens, and this is so critical, is momentum. You guys know momentum? You know, like especially in sports, you know momentum in sports? It's crazy. Like if you're playing football and you get a first down, it's go, all right, good job. And the defense goes, oh. And then you get another one. And then you're like, okay, man, we can do this. And then you drive down the field and you score. What happens? You start to go, we can do this. And the other team starts to reel, wondering if they're not going to be able to do it. I'm telling you spiritually, every step and watching God be faithful and getting to know him more is momentum. And I'm, I, I know that you can have spiritual momentum. And then all you got to do is just choose to get out of the game, which we all can, and you can just stop the momentum. Now, is, is the game over? You, absolutely not. You can get back in the game anytime and start playing again, and you can catch it up again. God's grace is amazing, okay? So celebrate every step. And then the last thing I want to share before we close is this. Make sure you celebrate the right thing. Make sure you celebrate the right thing. Verse 11, the last verse says this. All of this is so that you will be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. Here's what I know I can have the tendency to do, and I, all of us can because we're human, and it's this. Make sure that you celebrate knowing Jesus more and not celebrating that you're better at what you started doing. Does that make sense? Make sure that what you celebrate is rejoice in the Lord always. Celebrate Him and not be like, dude, look at me. See, because as soon as you start to celebrate because you're spending more time and like you're marking off your, wow, I spend lots of time with God now. I'm on serving teams now. I'm in small groups now. I go to church now. I share my faith now. Look at me. See, what can happen is all of a sudden, every holier than thou person you know, every person who thinks they're better than you is a person who's celebrating what they do instead of celebrating the one they know. 
The only reason you do any of these things, the only reason, is so that you can know Him more. And when you know Him more, you celebrate Him. Two major dangers of... Sorry, Mike. Two major dangers of celebrating you getting better. One is that, is pride. You can become a holier-than-thou person like every person that Jesus was really frustrated with in the Scripture. The second thing is, is you can also, on the other side of the coin, is you can beat yourself up when you're not doing very good at it. And he doesn't want either one of those. Some of you, you're really good at flogging yourself because you're not spending enough time in the Word or, you know, you're not doing this and you're not doing that. And it's like, that's not what it's about. So don't do these things as a means to the end of knowing Christ. And that's it. Don't get caught up in the religious activities for themselves or pride or shame will probably soon follow. But if you keep your eyes on Jesus and celebrate him, you guys, God, I want that for you. Don't you want that? I mean, don't, I mean do you want that? And how badly? How badly do you want to live the life that he came for you to be and be on the adventure of knowing Christ? And get on there and take this assessment. Every one of these people too, do you hear him? My running partner? Grab somebody, get somebody, find somebody to do this with and go for it. All right? Band, come on up. Let's, uh, let's get prepared because we're going to really, really worship here at the end and it's so perfect kind of as we, as we close, this, uh, close this time up. Um, because he, here's the reality, the, 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 the bridge of the opening song that Brad and the team's going to start off with says this. This we know. This we know. We have a new life. And we are yours now and forever. In this life, all that we seek to be with you more than anything. What we celebrate is that we are His. That we belong to Him. That the one who saved us and stuck us in His folder says, You're mine. And I'm going to carry on to completion. I'm going to make you everything you were ever created to be. And I'm never going to stop doing that because I came so you could have life to the full. So man, let's celebrate right now the God who came at Christmas time. So you could be saved from a life of destruction and lifted up to a life of glory and honor and praise to the one who made us.